the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The office is closed. Yeah, a lot of offices in downtown Pittsburgh and elsewhere around here are still closed. Uh, Who knows when they'll open. Uh, My office is right here in Washington County on the second floor of my palatial estate. It's also my AM 1250 The Answer studio and office and has been since about the middle of April. I don't know when I'll be back in the office, but how many people who have survived without going into the office for the last three months or so would be perfectly happy to keep working from home? Don't tell anybody where I work, but, you know, I'm I'm okay here so far. Anyway, uh, how many companies are going to find out that, you know, that they can get as much out of their workers when they're working remotely as they can get when they're working in their cubicles. Uh, Zoom is a wonderful thing. I do a TV show on Zoom on WPXI every Sunday. We record it, and I'm sitting right here where I'm sitting now doing this radio show. Zoom's a wonderful thing. So you can have a big meeting. You can see everybody while everybody's at home. And if you need in-person meetings, all you need is a big conference room. So what does this mean for the future of commercial real estate. Maybe you've heard of Barbara Corcoran. She's one of the uh, stars on Shark Tank on ABC. She's made millions of dollars in commercial real estate. Sounds like she's saying it's time to get out. I know that uh, your focus, uh, for the most part, is on the residential side. We've heard a lot about commercial real estate and what's going to change if business functionality changes. Are there going to be commercial buildings that change into real estate? Is there a potential here for that to happen? I have a totally different attitude about commercial. I think we're going to be seeing a bloodbath, the likes of which we've never seen. And let me tell you why. All of our workers have gone home, and uh, they have decided they don't really want to come back. They don't want to be in the subway. They don't want to be in crowded elevators. They don't want to be in the commute. And this just not only pertains to New York City, but it pertains to every urban area. And the boss at work has sat there and decided, why? Why am I paying all this rent for these giant floor plates when people don't really have to work here? The latest thing is having some people come back, rotations of teams. So a particular marketing team comes back for a week and collaborates and then moves out. And then in those same desks, they're clean. The next team comes in. And what is happening right now, whether people want to admit it or not, is landlords are getting calls every day. And a lot of people think that the commercial leases have five-year, two-year, ten-year runs, and we're not going to have problems. Let me tell you, everyone's renegotiating their lease right now and trying to get out of that lease. The tenant is in charge of the market right now, not the landlord. Hmm. And for any smart landlord out there who isn't doing everything they can to retain their tenants, they're out of their mind because those tenants are never going to be back. I have a whole different attitude toward commercial than I do through residential. Yep. And, you know, working from home is one thing. Uh, Going to school from home is another. And most parents want their kids to go to school in school. And there are lots of plans out there for when the kids do report to school. And there are debates going on about whether or not it's going to be safe to send them in late August or early September. When we come back, I am going to talk to a doctor who says there's nothing the government can do right now that's safer than sending kids back to school. Stick around. share three things in common. They're courageous, they've had a life-changing experience, and they're black American conservatives. These are the voices of the movie, Uncle Tom. I don't remember the actual day, but I remember the emotion that I felt when it when it happened. I'm often asked, was there an epiphany? I started asking questions. As I became more politically aware, a lot of the way that I saw things began to change. All of this information I've been taking in for several years. A continuation of these kind of contradictions. I had bought into all of these lies. You begin to see what the real agenda is. This is the movie the leftist Democrats do not want you to see. These are the people they do not want you to hear. Their stories will shock you. Their journey will amaze you. Their courage 
will challenge you. Go to UncleTom.com. Buy it now on pay-per-view. UncleTom.com. Do you have the courage to discover the truth? You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, they're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of their amazing products, including the Supima MyPillows, MyPillow towels, roll-and-go anywhere pillows, duvet covers, Giza pillowcases, bolster pillows, and neck pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. Be sure to use promo code STAG. MyPillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with the global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. These are tough times for everyone. So dealing with your timeshare may not be your biggest concern. But when this passes, do you still want a lifetime of payments, fees, and commitments for a timeshare you were misled into buying? Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshares and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today, we have over 200 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. Give my office a call today. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or You'll pay nothing. Call Wesley Financial now for your free information kit. 800-791-0000. That's 800-791-0000. 800-791-0000. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. The latest uh, big coronavirus debate in the country is about schools, uh, which are supposed to open in less than two months most places. New York City has already decided that they will not have full-time in-person classes. There are going to be uh, staggering schedules, stuff like that. Is this just more unnecessary hysteria, or is it necessary to keep the kids safe? Dr. Kevin Pham, he's a medical doctor. He's a graduate fellow in health policy at the Heritage Foundation. He joins us now. Dr. Pham, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. So, uh, doctor, I, I keep hearing that it's all about keeping the kids safe. And I keep asking the same question, safe from what? Right, I think actually that's exactly the correct question to be asking because we can try to keep children, school-age children, safe from the virus, but what we're seeing more and more is data suggesting that they are already intrinsically fairly safe from the virus. What they are not safe from is from, you know, the, the needs of just daily social activity, or uh, nutrition or mental health, those kind of things are real concerns of students who are stuck, cooped up in their home for long periods of time. And um, it would be better for students to be able to go to school and have these normal interactions, uh, not to mention that the family life, a lot of families depend on having a place to, to um, look after their children for several hours a day, especially if you depend on two incomes or you're a single parent household. So there's a lot of issues at play here. It's not just the virus, and we need to be looking at all of those things. Well, but I'm, I, I get that, but I guess what I'm asking is I keep hearing the, uh, questions about whether or not the kids are going to be safe in school, uh, 
And does the world have enough data to be sure that, that kids are in no more danger from COVID-19 than they would be from the, just the seasonal flu? Uh, well, you know, there is no one has had this disease for longer than a year or because this is a pretty new disease. So we can we might learn something new later on. And mm-hmm. that's, that's certainly certainly not what we're hoping. We're hoping that we have enough data. There's global data right now that suggests that, that school aged children are not at, um, they're certainly not at risk of death. It's the, the mortality rate among students is uh, statistically zero. It's not zero, but statistically it's, it's unob- almost un- unobservable. Um, and not only are they at low risk for mortality, there also seems to be at less risk of even contracting the illness in the first place. There is studies in Germany and in parts of Europe and in Australia that shows that um, after hundreds of exposures, uh, an entire school full of students, only one person, only one student contracted the disease afterwards, and they never showed symptoms. They only had the antibodies afterwards. So children seem to be particularly or especially protected from this virus. So the, the risk seems to be extremely low. Um, and so uh, you, I saw that on the, on the Heritage website, uh, it, it attributes you, the, the uh, idea to you that uh, you say that there's, n- the, there's nothing that the government can do right now uh, that's safer than sending kids to school. Um, I wouldn't say that there's this. nothing safer uh, because there's, you can always think, come up with a safer situation, but uh-huh. it is going. It, it is one of the safest activities that we can okay, restart. Maybe that's a better way, yeah. Right. Any activity that we restart is going to include some risk on one side or the other side, um, and we're balancing not you know not um, what the administration says. It's not health versus economy. It's health versus health. Both sides of whether you do or don't do something is going to have a risk, and sending kids back into school, in-person schooling, is going to have. Um, probably the least risk of some of the activities that we can restart. Now, um, what do you think when you see the various plans that that are out there for what you know, different locations, different lo- uh, you know, states, different uh, municipal uh, school districts are planning to do if and when they send the kids back? Uh, there seem to be there seems to be a a pretty big uh, gap among different uh, locales about what they're planning to do as far as mitigation. There, there are, there's certainly a lot of um, ideas out there, such as the, the hybrid, the hybrid learning in person and at home learning. That seems to me to be a almost worst of all case scenario because you're sending kids back into school, but then there are home half of the week. So any benefits that parents might have with regards to their jobs, is going to be lost when the students are stuck at home and any benefits that, of keeping students at home might be lost when you send the students into the school. So that seems to be a worst case, like a, a worst of both worlds scenario. I think that we could actually just send our, some students back into school for the whole five days a week, provided that we're doing more frequent cleaning. Um, we're making sure that the ventilation systems are working fine and that we focus our interventions on protecting the staff. Most of the risk that's going to happen is, is going to be with the teachers and the risk is mostly me coming from other adults, not from the students. And I, I think it was a, it was a, at least a month ago that uh, I had um, I had a story on the show here of, about different countries around the world. Uh, the Netherlands was one, Australia another. I think Switzerland, but especially Netherlands and Australia, they both the the uh, whoever's in charge over there of this stuff. I don't know if it was the health commissioner or someone to deal with the people involved with the schools themselves. But I think it was health officials. They said. Um, Kids should go back to school with no restrictions. There's no reason to have restrictions. Just send them to school. I think Iceland was another one. Right. I, Australia was, was uh, where some of the studies initially took place, where they looked at those exposures and found that very little transmission had actually occurred. Um, the Netherlands, what they did was they took, um, they took global data, all the data that they had available to them around the world, and they looked at it and they decided they, they can restart their school. And... Um, one of the one of the interesting places is Denmark, um, close to the Netherlands. They they actually reopened their schools back way back in April while we were still dealing with the, the height of the pandemic here, and we haven't seen any spikes uh, linked to any spikes at all. But certainly no spikes linked to reopening the schools in uh, in Denmark. So there's a lot of evidence that that shows that opening schools is not going to be a very risky um, endeavor. Uh, how much do you think, and this isn't a medical question, obviously, but how much do you think the people being hesitant about just opening schools uh, as normal is is um, 
based on a fear of uh, liability, just uh, you know, a concern about liability and being sued if, if a kid goes there and uh, comes down with the virus and 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 on the rare occasion you know has a serious uh, serious complications with it, and then getting sued. How much of it do you think is involved with that? I think that that accounts for a large part of the calculations for policymakers. They're looking at the situation and they're trying to decide. Um, there's this there's this big thing called COVID nineteen that we're dealing with right now, and if we do this, then kids might get in, they might take it home, and then people might die because of it. That has a that has a direct correlation with your actions right now. On the other hand, the um, the risks of keeping students at home, those risks are a lot more diffuse, so you don't feel that directly. You know, if someone if a you know child goes hungry for several days. You know, a policymaker doesn't feel that directly, doesn't get that um, liability directly. So it's easier to diffuse it that way. But if you're taking the whole, a look at the whole picture, I think it'd be better for families if we start reopening the schools for in-person classes this fall. Uh, and just to, uh, to get away from the schools for one second, or just a general question, whatever happened to just, uh, we were just supposed to flatten the curve and then we were going to get back to normal. Whatever happened to that? I think we actually accomplished a lot of that. If you look at the, the curve of, um, of incidents, of daily incidences of COVID-19, we didn't just flatten the curve, we sliced the top off of it. Um, and we started to see a, a surge in new cases now. Um, and that, that has a lot to do with the month of June was not a normal month. It was kind of a crazy month. But I think that we had made a lot of progress and we had maintained that progress uh, all throughout this time as we were slowly reopening the, the country. So. I think uh, flattening the curve, that whole uh, 15 days, I got extended 45 days, it worked, but um, it, uh, it took a little bit longer than we were expecting. But we were, com- we were starting to come out of it, and, and now, we have, now we're dealing with this new surge in cases. And if you take the, um, and I know it's not possible to do this, but if you, if you were to take uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, um, out of the equation, and then take the the deaths in in nursing homes in those three states out of the equation. How do the how would the numbers look uh, in the rest of the country as compared to other viruses that we've experienced and and seasonal flu? If we took so this has uh, to do with the state policies as well as some other issues. But if we took those states out out of the picture, then the mortality the mortality would drop um, significantly. Um, I asked an epidemiologist earlier today, actually, he said that, you know, if we didn't have the situation in New York and the surrounding areas, the mortality may be half of what it is today. And that's, that's quite a significant decrease. Um, another thing I want to mention, too, is that we have a lot of lessons learned from the beginning to now, not only in uh, keeping cases outside of nursing homes where they're most vulnerable, but also in how we treat this thing. Uh, early on, doctors have said, avoid anti-inflammatories, and ventilate early and aggressively. What we found is that those are exactly the wrong things to do, and that likely contributed to a lot of mortality. We're talking to Dr. Kevin Pham. He's a medical doctor, graduate fellow in health policy at the Heritage Foundation. Um, I believe Pennsylvania's plan, doctor, is to require masks for every kid from kindergarten through 12th grade. Is that overkill? And, And is it even practical? Uh, it's it's not all that practical. I think it's an I think it's an appropriate course of action because we again we, there's a lot that we don't know about this virus and it would be better to take precautions than not. It doesn't hurt that much to wear a mask. But that having been said, uh, a lot of students, especially in the K through maybe six or so, they're going to have difficulty keep trying to keep their masks on. I think that it should be encouraged, but. Uh, we shouldn't hold it back. We can't let perfect be the enemy of good. If kids don't want to wear masks and they just keep pulling it off, then we should be okay with that. We should take that. We should take that risk because, again, the risk is very low. Most of the transmission is not happening from student from uh, children to adult. It's happening from adult to children. So the children are at low risk of transmitting the disease. Mostly, we need to be protecting the the adults in there, the teachers and the staff working at the schools. What what about the kids actually being more likely to get sick from wearing the mask if they? I mean, um, I, you know, I'm sure you're aware of Dr. Cyril Wecht. I had him on the show, and he he said that just the idea that that someone is wearing the same mask for s- s- multiple hours just isn't healthy, just not good for you. Uh, um, in the in the picture of a pandemic, it's it's not the worst thing to do. 
but you know, if, if there were no pandemic going on, wearing a mask, it would be better not to wear a mask than to wear a mask. But since we have this going on, then it's better to wear it. Uh, so long as and, you're keeping the mask clean, then, yeah, well, then the, you should uh, be pretty a first safe. grader isn't going to keep it very clean. Well, I, you should be either switching out the masks on a daily basis, but, yeah. um, you know, we have medical staff who wear, who wear masks for hours on end for very long procedures and they're okay with it. And children have a strong immune system too. So I, I don't think that that's a very huge concern. Is the, is the concern, although uh, more about, uh, this, this is the impression that I get because I keep seeing the data about how kids aren't affected by it. There's a minuscule number of serious uh, problems for kids, uh, even even anybody under the age of, I don't know, pick a number, 20. Um, 20, yeah. It's, just seemed, it's so rare that it is, this, is that really about uh, the fear that they're going to spread it to the adults, uh, the parents, obviously, first of all, but uh, or and I've but I've also seen um, I've also seen data that that show that uh, they're not even uh, kids. I'm saying are, are not even uh, transferring the disease. Right. Not there there have been very few, very few, certainly statistically zero, and it might be even actually zero uh, cases where they can link a transmission from child to adult. But that almost never happens. Um, all, uh, all the pediatric cases of COVID. They've been linked. If they've been able to link it, they've been linked to an adult transmission to a child, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, but uh, um, it just seems to me. I, I guess, uh, if, uh, as a lay person, and uh, obviously I know nothing about medicine, and I'm the wrong guy to have a, to have an opinion without really trying to study it. But um, if if this if if we knew now. Uh, what we know about the disease, if we knew that back when it first uh, showed up, you know, three months ago, would there be a lot less panic right now? And, w- and would, be, would there be less even uh, concern for sending kids to school if, if we started with, no, uh, with the knowledge that the kids are going to be safe? In other words, how much of this is a result of the panic that we've had for the last three months and people just being totally hysterical over the whole thing? I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't accuse people of being totally hysterical because the beginning of this pandemic was certainly very scary, right? Mm-hmm. And we we after all have lost over a hundred thousand. I think we're at hundred or over one hundred twenty thousand Americans have have died because of this disease. So the fear isn't entirely out of place. But if we knew everything that we knew now way back in January or February, then things would have looked completely different. Uh, it would have been handled much better. And I think there, yeah, I, w- I agree. There would have been a lot less fear and consternation about this disease um, because we would have handled it much better back then. I think we would have avoided the, the total lockdown if we knew everything now that we knew back then because schools, would, schools have been shown not to, school closures have been shown not to, not to have a positive impact on, on cases and stuff like that. So, so now we do know what we do know. So why are there still lockdowns? Here in Pennsylvania, they're talking about uh, going backwards and, and, and putting more restrictions in because they've seen an increase in cases. There, the fear is still there because we are, it was a fairly traumatic experience, the early, the early pandemic. Um, it, it just felt like this disease was unstoppable in the beginning. And it's kind of hard for the human, the, the human psyche to let go of that fact. And so... It takes a little bit of white knuckle doctoring to to go forward with this, and uh, I, I really don't blame people for holding on to it. But we really need to be able to move past it and look at the look at the hard data, look at what's at low risk, which is school age children, and be able to let that go and then reopen schools for fall, among other things as well. Hey, Doctor Kevin Pham, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you coming on and clearing some of this stuff up for us. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, that's Dr. Kevin Pham. He's a uh, graduate fellow in health policy at the Heritage Foundation. When we come back, we're going to take a look at uh, a school you probably, a college you probably never heard of, but I think you're going to like some of the things it's doing. A little school in Moscow, Idaho. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Supreme Court has ruled today in favor of the religious rights of employers. In two cases, the court ruling 7-2 to two, in one of the two cases involving the Obama health care overhaul. The justices green-lighted changes the Trump administration had sought. The administration announcing in 2017 
that it would allow more employers to opt out of providing the no-cost birth control required under the law, but lower courts had blocked the changes. President Trump and Mexico's President Lopez Obrador have been holding a Rose Garden press conference. During the day, the two presidents had met to celebrate economic ties, which compromised the new U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement, which they signed together following their comments. On Wall Street, the Dow picked up 177 points today. The Nasdaq was ahead 148. This is SRN News. Land ho! <laughs> hey, hey, seriously, land, land ho, guys. Guys, land ho! I'm just, land ho! Land ho! Land ho! Right there! The tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered with sign and glide on water towing. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at progressive.com. I gotta say, this land ho thing, not very effective. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Sign and glide coverage is subject to policy terms. Now streaming on SalemNow.com is the brand new film, Selfie Dad. Selfie Dad, a funny yet powerful movie about a Christian dad in a midlife crisis. When confronted with the life-changing truths of the Bible, he learns the only way to have true happiness. God can do incredible things. Selfie Dad stars Christian comedians Michael Jr. and Shonda Pierce. Watch Selfie Dad at SalemNow.com and use promo code MOVIE to save 20%. That's SalemNow.com, promo code MOVIE. Larry Elder leaves the mask issue to local governments. Here's the deal. He's not a doctor in chief. We have our own healthcare professionals. We have our own people to whom we turn for advice. All the reason why it is perfectly rational and reasonable for in our federalist structure of government for the state and locality to determine what rules and regulations they're going to have. We need one rule. We need a stand. Really? The Larry Elder Show. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The Answer. The Answer Pittsburgh celebrates the high school class of 2020, and we'd like to reward your college-bound seniors' achievement during our Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, presented by Salem Media Group. Enter now through August 20th for a chance to win a $500 school package. Click the contest banner at TheAnswerPGH.com and upload a photo of your senior with a short bio of their future plans. Then, Friday, August 21st, one lucky senior will win a $500 school package. The Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, brought to you in part by Salem Media Group's Salem Surround and this station. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Healthy pets, healthy people, focusing on a natural, holistic approach for human and animal wellness. Host Dr. Edmund Sokowski and his guests discuss various topics on health and wellness for us and our companion animals. Airs each Saturday, live from 9 to 10 in the morning on 1250 AM, The Answer, giving you the opportunity to call in with your questions healthy pet is a happy pet and being healthy makes people happy tune in listen learn be well am 1250 and fm 92.5 the answer Pittsburgh, a division of salem media group listen on the answer mobile app smart speakers tune in iheart or radio.com stuck in traffic we've got the answer Plenty of Parkway delays on the outbound side. Parkway East, it's heavy. Bait Street edge with Swissvale. It'll take you about an extra 10 minutes. Inbound side seeing delays Edgewood Swissvale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Now also on the outbound Parkway East, reminder that the off-ramp to Monroeville shut down with construction. Parkway West looking not bad at all. Do have an accident in Robinson Township on 60 at Baldwin Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Patchy clouds, humid for tonight, low 69. Partly sunny, hot and humid for tomorrow with some thunderstorms around. High Thursday, 91. Thursday night, mainly clear, low 69. Hot and humid Friday with sunshine and clouds with an afternoon thunderstorm in spots. High 90 and some showers and a thunderstorm Saturday. High 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. 
Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, Carnegie Mellon uh, doesn't want to expose their uh, students to fall sports, so they're not going to be any. I've been saying for a long time, and I've see, I see no reason to change it yet. Uh, although, you know, there have been some indications that the NBA and the NHL and Major League Baseball and even the NFL are moving forward, and they're going to, uh, in the case of uh, baseball, football, and hockey, or I'm sorry, baseball, basketball, and hockey, they're going to have some semblance of a season or a playoff. Um, and football may or may not get started, but I've been saying all along that uh, I will believe we will see sports when I see sports. I don't. I don't. I have no reason to believe that I should change that approach to it. Um, we we keep seeing things that make you think that uh, sports are about to show up, and then something happens. And this is something that I would uh, uh, include as as one of those things, and that's Carnegie Mellon. Uh, the athletic director, Josh Centor, said over the past few months, we have explored every possible avenue for a safe return to play. Uh, and in the message that I wrote to you last month, I noted that the health and safety of our students, staff, and community members are at the forefront of every decision we make. With that as our guiding principle, we cannot appropriately return to sports at this time. That's uh, men's and women's cross-country men's and women's golf, men's and women's soccer, men's and women's tennis, football, and volleyball. I don't know, uh, you know, Carnegie Mellon goes all the way back to the days of Carnegie Tech, back when Carnegie Tech was a major college power, um, and I, it's got to be a long, long time since they didn't have a football season at Carnegie Mellon or Carnegie Tech, uh, but there you go. Uh, that's uh, another indication for me that um, I'll believe it when I see it, and um, I, I, we just had a doctor on to talk about it. I still just don't get it. It just seems like hysteria to me, but uh, what do I know? Meanwhile, uh, speaking of colleges, this is what I, something I came across today. This is or last night, actually, but it's tremendous. Uh, it's, it's called New St. Andrews College. It's in Moscow, Idaho. And that's on the far west end of Idaho, so it's almost, it's almost on the coast. It's out there right next to the state of Washington. Um, and um, it's only got about 200 students. And um, just to give you an idea, uh, some of the things that they tell you is that there are no trigger warnings, no safe spaces for boys in the, uh, and, or, and there's no or boys and girls and no boys or in the girls' showers. There's a video um, it wasn't work on the radio because it's mostly just visual, but uh, there's a video that they put on their website. It's a shot of um, uh, a men's and a women's bathroom next to each other, an out- outdoor, uh, looks like it is a stadium or something, and a, a college, uh, two college kids, one boy, one girl, are walking toward the bathroom. One goes into the bathroom. Uh, one goes in, the, the girl goes into the ladies' room, and the, uh, the guy goes into the men's room. And up on the sign, it says, or up on the screen, the graphic says, uh, we know the difference, even though the Supreme Court doesn't. And that's all it says on the ad. That pretty pretty powerful ad, and it gets the message across. And uh, the idea that a, a college would have the guts to do that, that's so politically incorrect. So um, the students and teachers are, uh, it says here on their uh, website, um, Students and teachers are meeting in person this fall, quote, free of masks, plastic wrap, Zoom classes, government money, and safe spaces. But uh, they have, a, they have a, um, a couple of videos on their, on their website. They're, they're recruiting videos. One of them is called uh, Our Best Teachers Are Dead. And uh, so, again, this is supposed to be a video, so it's obviously not as effective on radio. But just so you know what's going on as you're listening to this, um, the visuals are pictures of um, uh, St. Augustine, uh, Shakespeare, John Calvin, Martin Luther, stuff like that. Uh, it goes by real fast with all those faces. And, and so the, the, when you hear him talking about the best teachers are dead, that's what you should visualize. That's, who the, that's the pictures you're seeing when the announcer is talking about that. So... Let's uh, listen to this. This is the uh, this is from the Saint, New St. Andrews College 
Our best teachers are dead. At New St. Andrews College, we've created one of the nation's top classical liberal arts programs designed to equip students for whatever this mad world might throw at them next. Yes, most of our best teachers are dead, as are some of the languages. But our living faculty will be in their classrooms teaching in person this fall. And they're pretty good, too. New St. Andrews College. Real learning. Riot-free. In person. This fall. Riot-free. In person. This fall. And as I said, it says on the website, free of masks, plastic wrap, Zoom classes, government money. Government money is a big one. And safe spaces. Not not taking government money is like... Uh, uh, Grove City College, where they, they can avoid a lot of stupidity by not accepting uh, government money. So, um, and then there's this one. Uh, they, this is also included. And again, it's, it's, it's a radio and it's a TV. It's a, it's, it's a video. So uh, it's called, it's a, it's called uh, No Wokey, <laughs> No Wokey McWoke Faces Need to Apply. No wokey Mick woke faces. So here, it's a black. It's about Black Lives Matter. But the pictures uh, uh, that when when they're talking about Black Lives that Matter, there's a picture of George Floyd, but there's also a picture of Martin Luther King, and then they make uh, a reference to aborted babies. And there's uh, there's pictures, pretty graphic, uh, uh, nasty pictures of aborted babies. And uh, so just kind of imagine what what the pictures are like as you listen to this. And by the way, if you want to check this out, just just Google uh, New St. Andrews College and go to their website uh, and you can watch this. Or uh, I saw the story actually on PJ Media. You can find the story there at PJ Media about uh, Wokey McWokeface. But here's the uh, here's the Wokey McWokeface video. Hey, Wokey McWokeface. Quick question. This black life mattered. But doesn't this one? We know this black life matters, but why doesn't this one? We believe that all these black lives mattered, and tens of millions of others too. Murdered in the most dangerous place in this country for any black life, a womb. Murdered, and dissected, and sold. We believe that each and every human life matters because every human life, regardless of culture or color, is crafted in the sacred image of Almighty God which is the only possible reason why any life could matter at all. We believe that secular progressive white supremacists have been running a vile and genocidal population control campaign against blacks in America that has straddled centuries, trying to keep them from life, from adulthood, from power, from stable families and communities. And that matters. We believe that the organization Black Lives Matter, registered trademark, is a Marxist front that doesn't care about black lives even half as much as an average white pro-life flyover Trump voting evangelical. Every single black life matters, from conception to the grave and beyond into eternity. That is God's truth, and it's a hell of a lot more than BLM can say. This shouldn't be hard, but clear thinking is rare these days, especially on college campuses. All lives matter. All black lives matter. All behind a badge, on the street, in the womb. Philosophy matters. Theology matters. History matters. Thinking matters. Learn to think in unthinking times. New St. Andrews College. Clear thinking, clear teaching in person this fall. And so you have it, clear thinking, in person this fall. That's a pretty strong um, ad, I think. And, I mean, there's certain people that would not appeal to at all, but there are a lot of people out there who would love to see that. And whether or not um, parents could talk their kids into wanting to go to a school of only 200 uh, students in Moscow, Idaho, but... I think what's important here is that if this school is successful in its own little world out there in Idaho, um, the, the marketing campaign is great because there, there are other schools that could uh, 
private ones that could um, put together the same kind of marketing campaign and uh, attract. And, and, it's, and all it is is just honesty and telling people exactly what you're going to get if you come here. More, more importantly, maybe what you're not going to get. But um, it's really those videos are really, uh, really well done, well produced. Whoever did it for them did a really good job. But and and by the way, when in that in the uh, in the wokey McWoke face uh, uh, video there, when they talk about um, the secular progressive white supremacists have been running a vile genocidal population control campaign in America, uh, they show pictures of Margaret Margaret Sanger. And Woodrow Wilson, which are under, understandable, uh, but they also have a picture there of Andrew Carnegie when they talk about um, uh, secular progressive white supremacists running a vile genocidal population control campaign. I don't. Uh, so I wasn't able to look it up. Maybe somebody out there knows, but I I don't know why Andrew Carnegie is included in with that group. But you know, the reason I looked at it and I thought, well, I guess if that's true, I guess we have to. Um, uh, start thinking about canceling uh, Andrew Carnegie. That would be a problem for Carnegie Mellon and uh, the Carnegie Library and the little town of Carnegie. And so I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with Andrew Carnegie. But um, I, I got a couple minutes here. I'll, I'll take a break now. And uh, when I come back, I'm going to tell you we're going to. It's going to. Uh, unfortunately, it's still uh, about uh, race. That seems to be everything that's in the news. But uh, I'm also going to tell you about uh, someone who wrote a story at the Guardian about uh, the fact that cities, because of the buildings that are built in, in cities like downtown Pittsburgh, are sexist, and something has to be done to fix that. We'll be right back. Worried about deductibles and co-pays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial has got you covered. This is John Stagerwald. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything, co-pays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company-matching component that can provide two or even three to one in benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 784-884-1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. As the will of the students goes, so goes the will of the nation. This is a central theme of the new movie, Return to the Hiding Place, the film about Corrie Ten Boom and her secret army of teenagers' heroic efforts to hide and save Jews from the Nazis during World War II. Corrie's story was made famous by her book and original movie produced by the Billy Graham Association. Now, 45 years later, comes Return to the Hiding Place, the untold behind-the-scenes true story of Corrie's secret army of student teenagers' efforts to rescue Jewish people. Told by Hans Poli, one of Corey's teens in the resistance, Return to the Hiding Place is an action-packed film of the Dutch underground's true breathtaking rescue of an entire orphanage of Jewish children. Return to the Hiding Place, starring John Reese davies Watch this captivating movie tonight with your older children at SalemNow.com and save 20% with the promo code MOVIE. Return to the Hiding Place at SalemNow.com, promo code MOVIE. Due to historical content, might not be suitable for younger audiences. I love golf, and I also stink at golf. I've tried it all, the lessons, the special swing contraptions, the neon brush tees, the funny hats, the putting all of my change in my left pocket. I like to say I just happen to have a high golf handicap. My friends would say I have a high talent disadvantage. Luckily, while I might be fighting some disadvantages on the golf course, at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're lucky to be able to serve listeners with a unique advantage. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. And for you, that can mean shorter turnaround times and often a lower rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money on a new home, refinance, or cash out refinance. We 
or United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Mill Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. We're all thinking a lot about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, i got another little uh, issue here, uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, you know, this is a hearing so much about it lately, and um, there are so many people who think that it's just a nice slogan that nobody disagrees with, by the way, uh, but uh, not enough people, I don't think anyway, know that what the organization is all about, that two of the three uh, co-founders are avowed Marxists, and uh, it's uh, we played this soundbite from um, Mar- Marcellus Wiley yesterday, uh, where he talked about how it's it's um, anti-family, it's anti-Christian, and a lot of Christian blacks out there that don't that don't know that uh, what Black Lives Matter stands for, but it's the the slogan itself makes it dangerous for anybody to disagree with anything because you will be accused of of saying, well, then you must not believe that Black Lives Matter or that you're a racist, and that's that's what happens. But um, I saw a piece on the Federalist today. Uh, the Black Lives Matter in public schools. I don't. I don't. It's another one of those things that if you have kids or grandkids in school, you might want to find out if this is happening there. Uh, in New York City, uh, Black Lives Matter themed lesson plans are coming up, uh, and according to the New York City Department of Education, teachers are going to be involved uh, delving into quote systemic racism, police brutality, and white privilege. They're going to be teaching that. You know, the schools stink so bad in the cities in most places. That you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic would be a good idea to to to, comp, uh, to to concentrate on before they get to this stuff. But anyway, then the North Carolina's the largest school system in Wake County. Uh, they have a website. It has a Black Lives Matter lessons for teachers. Uh, the website was created by the school system's Office of Equity Affairs, and it quote addresses the injustices that exist beyond education by the conversations we have with others, by speaking up when we see hate by supporting efforts that oppose racism and oppression, and by directly engaging in ad- advocacy work. Um, but it's also, according to these writers at the Federalist, uh, that it's also um, a Trojan horse because it's it's a way of getting the, the other stuff in there into the program. It, uh, there's a uh, process for students to follow uh, in recruiting. Step one, recognize your white privilege. Step two, this is what they're teaching your school uh, kids in schools in some places. Uh, learn the do's and don'ts of being an ally. Step three, recruit more members to learn steps one and two. And uh, Patrice Cullors, she's one of the co-founders of uh, Black Lives Matter. I played a, a soundbite from her a week or so ago where she's uh, talking about how she is a Marxist. She says it, and that that's where they've learned a lot about organizing from Marxism. She's on the, uh, on the website. Uh, her picture is on the website. Uh, at, at this, uh, at the schools in, uh, I guess it's in North Carolina, uh, on the website, Patrice Colors is her picture is there, and she is a trained Marxist, as she says. She's also a, a big, big fan of Eric Mann, former member of the Weather Underground. You know about him. So that's what's going on in the schools. We talked a lot about schools today. Before we go, I wanted to get to this also. Um, this is. Uh, um, Something is happening in Seattle. We, one of my favorite guests here 
is uh, Chris Rufo. He writes a lot about what's going on out there. They had a racially segregated employee training session aimed at white staffers and instructing them on undoing your whiteness. That's what they were instructed to do by the city of Seattle. People were told that they need to undo their whiteness. Employees were taught how to interrupt their whiteness by being, quote, honest and implicate yourself either in the moment or in past experiences in which you acted or thought similarly. Don't blame others. Don't distance. Don't make yourself seem better. None of us is a handout. You are also white, and what someone else did today, you may do tomorrow. Inter- internalized racial superiority, uh, su- superiority was defined by perfectionism, individualism. You don't want to have any individualism. Imposition, arrogance, paternalism, silence, blah, blah, blah. Uh, get over your whiteness. That's the kind of stupidity that's going on out in Seattle, and uh, Chris Rufo is the one who who came up with it on Twitter. That's where I saw it. He's one of my favorite guests. And now i, I got to finish with this. Uh, this, may be, this may be a little bit offensive. Par- apologize if it is, but it's so stupid that I have to uh, point it out. This is, from, this is from The Guardian. Big buildings ejaculating into the sky. That's, uh, do cities have to be sexist? That is The uh, Guardian. This is an actual serious piece by some moron named Leslie Kern, She says, glass ceilings and phallic towers, mean streets and dark alleys, road names and statues of men. From the physical to the metaphorical, the city is filled with reminders of masculine power. And yet we rarely talk of the urban landscape as an active participant in gender inequality. A building, no matter how phallic, isn't actually misogynist, is it? Surely a skyscraper isn't responsible for sexual harassment, the wage gap, or even the glass ceiling, whether it has a literal one on top or not. Well, she uh, goes on to say that, uh, that that the cities need to start putting up different buildings because the skyscrapers are phallic and they are um, misogynistic and they are sexist. This is a serious person writing. And it's not The Onion. It's not Babylon B. The toxic masculinity is built into the fabric of our urban spaces. So when you look at the U.S. Steel Building, just keep that in mind, and it's time that you go talk to the mayor about tearing down the U.S. Steel Building. Let's get it done. Oh, boy. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.